Hello, and welcome to the Meltdown City Podcast with your hosts, Nicole Johnson and Allie Sundet. Our podcast is about reckoning with our restlessness and figuring out where we want to go next. We hope to laugh, inspire, and connect. Thanks for listening. Hey, babe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. <laughs> it's nice to see you. I know. It feels like a busy time of year. I know. Well, we're in the middle of December. I know. It is. We just yeah. had Thanksgiving a couple of weeks ago, so we're all, everyone's in the holiday zone. Yeah, prepping for Christmas. Um, how it was so fun to re- record with Shane last week. It was amazing. I died laughing. It was so fun. It was pretty hysterical. Thanks, Mr. Jones. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Jones. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, (laughs) check it out. Yeah, amazing. A lot of, like, (laughs) life lessons (laughs) from that man. Brilliant business ideas. So good. He's so so accomplished from such a young age. And funny shit. Yeah, very good. Um, So do you want to do a hashtag Meltdown moment? Yes, I do. I have a couple. Do you want to go first, though? Sure. I forgot to... Oh, my God. <clears throat> oh, I forgot to talk about this last the lot when we talked about Cambodia, but I had... Oh, my God. I lost my fucking shit. I melted down. I melted down outside of the Phnom Penh airport, you guys. I'm a seasoned traveler. I'm <laughs> better than this. But, like, I couldn't... I had just gotten off the flight and I was supposed to meet my shuttle and I so I was like went outside to meet my shuttle now I don't have wi-fi I don't have just I don't have any phone and so like I don't I'm looking for everybody with my name and there's like all these signs my name's not on it and I'm like searching and then I went I went in and I looked on my phone for like the old email that I had downloaded yeah it was like you gotta meet the guy inside the airport and you can't go in oh no like there's all these security (laughs) guards there's no turning back and so i was like hey mr security guard can i go in to the airport he was like i don't know what you're saying and then (laughs) (laughs) and then i was like um okay can i you know i i I tried to finagle away but i realized i was gonna risk getting in trouble because there's like policemen there you know yeah so it's like fuck I can't do that so then I was like well what do I do because I'm like I'm thinking my guy is in the airport waiting for me inside and I'm outside waiting for my guy right. how can I connect with him so then I was like okay I have an idea so I tried anyway I was like I got a contact hotels.com because that's where I'm like, that's where I'm staying. And I'm like, maybe if I connect with them, they can connect with, they can call the hotel and then tell the person the inside to come outside. And that's how we'll solve the problem. Right, right. But like that, I realized I had to turn my phone on to do that and charge myself. Who knows how many dollars a minute to make a phone call. That was a terrible connection. It's like, what? I'm sorry. Can you please give me the 16 digit reference number? (laughs) (laughs) I got him down the number right it's i don't know it's buried in my phone it won't load because i'm i don't have cell service like anyway <laughs> oh my 
<laughs> so the and I I did swear a couple times to the person and uh, out of just my own frustration, I wasn't like you're a fucking asshole. I was just like, can you just help me fucking figure this out, please? Like I don't have my confirmation code. Right. I am a <clears throat> member of your service and have been for a long time. Can't you see my phone number or my email or blah blah blah? And I I'm in pen on pen. I can't figure this out. Like I need your help. Yeah. And so. <laughs> Anyway, they, they were like, can you please, we'll put you on hold. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was just like crying out when they were on hold. And as I was crying, I was like, pull yourself together. <laughs> you were a seasoned traveler. You can figure this fucking shit out. Because here was the thing that actually I was, I was obsessing over was that the, I was thinking of the poor Cambodian mm-hmm. who they're not poor, but like they're they're. I was just thinking like the guy whoever came here went a long ways to find me. Mm-hmm. They don't make very much money, and they're mm-hmm. expecting my American dollars to pay for them. Yeah, and now they're not gonna get paid for you know a good day's worth of work essentially. Yeah. So I was like, I'm screwing this all up. Turns out they just <laughs> forgot. <laughs> that is what I think is the awesomest part of that is that you know it was all that worry you know you were just like deeply concerned I know. about this missed connection and I know. they were like oh sorry our bad I know we didn't remember you right we just completely <laughs> forgot and here I was thinking well I can't just pick up, pick up another cab because I'll hose this guy out of his 13 13- U.S. dollars. It's funny you should bring that up, though, Nicole, because I think that we could devote an entire episode to, like, follies of of travel. Yes, we can. So much meltdown, yes, you know, can happen when you're out of the country or in, yeah. outside your comfort zone or yeah. alone or hungry. Or hu- hungry or tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely on the tired phase. Not slept. <laughs> definitely was awake had been awake for probably 24 hours maybe 30 maybe i don't know exactly but yes we certainly could that'd be funny it would be funny we should really do that actually because i yeah we'll do it we'll schedule that one thanks for sharing (laughs) oh man pull yourself together that's so funny i was like god damn it i actually have a rule about traveling like eat every opportunity you get even if you're not hungry because you're never sure when you're gonna get your next meal good one because that like sustained me through my travels in europe i was like oh i'm not really hungry but i'm gonna (laughs) get a sandwich anyway because i'm not sure when i'll find food Yes, it's good to you know. know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Your weaknesses. Yes, for sure. That's great advice. <clears throat> I don't do that. Maybe I will. Yeah, you could. Mm-hmm. I'm a bathroom opportunist. Oh, there you go. <laughs> also extremely <laughs> important while traveling. You know, Yeah. Mm-hmm. You never know what that's when that's going to happen or what that's going to be like. Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, man. I was just thinking when I was in Thailand one time. Oh, shit. I don't know if I should tell her. <laughs> oh, I just was, you know, you know, this food is spicy, can make your stomach a little crazy. And I had gone out to breakfast with Rob and mm-hmm. we were like sitting down at some like hole in the wall place, which was super awesome. Like, that's exactly what we wanted. It was like locals eating soup in the morning. And then I was like, oh, no. I'm far from my hotel. Oh, no. And then the bathroom situation is not the same at all. Yeah. So, like, 
you know, there's a lot of times in the toilet paper, a lot of times just a water, water to wash your butt with yeah, and, or whatever. And like, I'm like, I don't really know if I can do that <laughs> or do whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I went home with one less pair of underwear. That's all I'll say. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll hear more details on, on the travel episode. <laughs> Meltdown's Sorry. devoted to Sorry. travel. Everyone's like, oh, I, I don't know. But you've been there. I know you've been there. Oh, People hell yeah. There. Or And we have stories about friends who will remain nameless who have been there, too. <laughs> yeah. Really good stories. I'll, so I'll share mine. Mine was um, mine is a first world problem, mm. just really about aging and kind of looking at my roots. And I noticed that I'm getting gray, especially in like my part. And I'm like, oh. why is that? Is it because the sun hits it more often and like I'm graying or it just, you know, they're like the hairs are deciding that they want to be as visible as possible. Okay. That's what I think. I'm fucking gray. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like. Have I reached the density of grayness where it's it warrants like an every few months dye job or are they still blending in? You know, <clears throat> we're just kind of looking in the mirror. I, I'm a plucker, so I, I definitely remove the ones that are super obvious or sticking straight up or, <laughs> you know, curly. I do the exact same thing. You uh, know, I was I, just kind of thinking through that being like, what? when is the time? Well, I was like, maybe I'll ask one of my friends to tell me when it's time. Well, as your friend, I don't think you need to do anything right now. You can't even tell. Not really. No, not at all. Okay. No. All right. And I'm also a plucker too, and that's exactly why those they stick right up because we plucked them out and they they shoot back. They're like, wait a minute. That's just a part of getting older, uh, which I'm always like, is it gonna be okay if we get gray hair? Is it? But then I'm like, half the time I'm like, oh, this is interesting. This is the getting older part of my life. Yeah. And should you embrace it? Should I embrace it? It's personal, right? I mean, yeah, everybody's, yeah. Great. Some people are like fully gray and they're I like know. 35 and they love it. I know. <coughs> I'm a, Marissa's my mom's mom just, growing up, oh, yeah. she was, she was really gray in the very, like when we must have been, I mean, she must have been in her early thirties, maybe in their twenties. We don't, we don't know how old <clears throat> she was young and gray and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'll just, I'll figure that out. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to dye my hair though. Yeah. When it comes time. Yeah. I'm not going to go be an early grayer. Even though silver and gray is a hot hairstyle these days. Not for me. <laughs> That's not, about not knowing yourself. Do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think I could do it either. I don't think I could do, I mean, I'm, no, I don't think I could. I know could. people who do it very beautifully, but yeah. I, it's just not going to be what I do. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was my mini meltdown, I'd say, not a full-blown. Yeah. Just a constant question I'm asking myself, really, every day <laughs> when I look in the mirror. What am I doing about this? Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Um, what about Christmas? Oh, so Christmas is coming up. Yeah. This is like December 10th. I've done tiny bits of shopping. Have you done any shopping? I'm almost completely done. God damn it, Ellie Sundet. Mm-hmm. That's, because, that's how I cope. That's how oh. I get through this is I plan ahead and I get all my decorating done early. And so great. I went out and got all my kids shopping done early. And then I can just be like, oh, I still have my husband to buy for. Oh, I still have my, all my friends to buy for. Now I have the mental space to actually be thoughtful about when I want to get them. And, you know, mm-hmm. 
So I'm really happy with where I'm at. Nice job. In terms of prepping. Done none of it, except for my secret Santa at work. That's it. So this week I'll be doing some shopping. And next week. Good. Yeah. That's, I should take a lesson from you. Your tree looks great. Thank you. We've got a mishmash of Rob, our, my ornaments and Rob's ornaments from when we were both obviously kids in different cities and households, but from the seventies and you know, 80s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. I would say the 70s for myself, but um, yeah, it's fun. It's a fun mishmash. I'm not, yeah. in, I'm not into the real fancy, perfect tree. No, no. And I really admire your colored lights because, you know, I feel like you have to buy new lights every now and then because mm-hmm. they burn out pretty quickly. But my favorite is like a colored light tree. Me too. And tr- to me, the tree is like the symbol of Christmas. That's my favorite part. about Christmas Mm because isn't it beautiful it smells so good yeah I love it too I love turning it on in the morning like as soon as I get up when I'm getting a cup of coffee I turn it on Mm -hmm. it's the last thing I do before I go to bed I just love it Mm -hmm. um I love it I love the holiday season oh but I was thinking was there anything like growing up that you struggled with when you were a kid with Christmas that's a good question. Off the top of my head, let me think about it first. You might what something you? might come up when I about mine. Yeah. I um I I love Christmas actually. I love it a lot. And um but I was thinking the only thing that's really I've struggled with over the years was the division of the workload. I was like when I, we were kids, we would go to my grandma's May she rest in peace. She was amazing. Grandma, you're amazing. I love you, Helen. Um, But we would go to my grandma's and my mom and the boys would always be able to sit and not lift a fucking finger and watch football. And my mom would always be like, Amy and Nicole, can you please come to the kitchen and help? You know? No. (laughs) And I would be like, God damn it. And my brother, Jeff, would always be looking at me like, ha, ha, ha. And it would be like, we'd go, we'd have to prep the, all the meal stuff and then wash the goddamn dishes. And I was like, what the fuck? Why do the guys get to sit on their asses and watch goddamn football? Yeah, that's BS. (sighs) I would have been pissed about that too. And I think my mom that I was just, I mean, every year I would say something like, can't, can't you ask Jeff to help too? Can't is I say Jeff's doing nothing over there? <laughs> so awesome. Amy and I would be Actually, so pissed because we'd be like, Ugh. but anyway, so um, yeah, those are sort of my memories of Christmas at my grandma's. I mean, we also had a really nice spread and it was fun to see my cousins and my uncles yeah. and my everybody, you know, I loved it. And on the way home, we would always look up in the sky and of course, inevitably there, there'd be some plane flying overhead and we'd see red on red lights on the plane and we'd always say, oh, there's Santa yeah. going across the oh, sky. Cute. It was cute. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. That's interesting. Yeah. Super um, fun. Yeah, I think I don't remember any real distinct divisions of labor happening. Like we, I think that they always made the kids pass out presents, but that was like boy or girl, like 
Yeah. Perhaps pass all those out. You know, somebody's got to help. And so, because we were little and we could crawl under the tree and yeah. dig yeah. deep and reach Same under there. Um, and then the rest of the, you know, festivities like dinner and stuff, I think everybody kind of helped and set the table and even the guests would help. Oh, yeah. Do all that. So, yeah. I mean, nothing's coming to mind. Nothing springs to mind, Nicole. Yes, that's okay. <clears throat> I think we should. Oh. You know what we never did? We never talked about my follow-up from TravelCon. I know. Let's talk about it now. Okay, we won't take too much time because we actually have something that we're going to talk about that I think is pretty funny later. That's true. Yeah, but, but this is... This is important, and we gotta follow through on what we yeah what we said. Yes, yeah. so you cool guys knew that, that, that too. I was going to TravelCon. I was like trying to trying to think about travel writing, and um, anyway, I when I went, it was totally amazing. I had the best time, and the the thing that I was most reflective on was like, had I not gone, like I. Like it, I just was, feel sad about the person that maybe wouldn't wouldn't have gone before because there mm-hmm. was no reason for me not to go and it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Like I met a ton of people. I met Aaron Schlein, the podcaster of um, Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs and Dramatic Family Travels. We talked podcasting. It was super fun. I met Melissa Bits that or Melissa Traveling Bits. She's the lady that I was like, I think I accidentally. <laughs> contacted her too hard and was like woo woo anyway I met her she's super cool and I met a bunch of (laughs) I met a bunch of people that were really awesome and fun and we had good creative conversations and and just it was cool and I realized travel people are my people Good. Um, and you met the Bonds, and I met you the Bonds. Already, yeah. Um, didn't we already air that episode? Yeah. With yeah. Them? I interviewed the Bonds. Yep. Mm-hmm. Carrie and Albert. Yeah, they're over in Amman, Jordan now. I know. Um, yeah. So that was super fun. I also did something that was crazy. I. What was that. Oh, well, you know, I I was talking to James Swadek, my coach, before I went to the travel con, and he was like, you know, what you should do. Because I was telling him I really liked Ryan Holiday, which I've talked about a couple times on the show, about a couple books he's written um, called The Ego is the Enemy, and uh, I'm going to forget the other name right now, um, The Obstacle is Away. But anyway, James was like, you should just ask him if he'll be on your podcast. And I'm like, this was before it was launched, before any of it. So um, I did get a book signed by him, and I asked That's him when... Cool when I was signing my book, like, Hey, would you be on the podcast? And he was like, yeah, you bet. Um, and I, he was like, just email me. And I was like, okay. <gasps> like, uh, that was pretty incredible. Um, and he, I've actually, you know, been in contact with him and he was like, yeah, I'm really busy right now after your podcast launched sometime in the next year, you know, after the first of the year, get in touch, get in touch with me. So, I did a few things like I feel like if you do one thing out of your comfort zone, it makes it easier to do something else out of your comfort zone. And like it opens up all these doors and opportunities. And um, so, yeah, one one thing that Ryan said, so he did the keynote speech at TravelCon. He was a keynote speaker and he had some cool things to say. One of them, though, is like do the thing you can't not do. Whatever Mm -hmm. that is in you, like Mm -hmm. do it. If you're feeling 
for us right now, it feels like we have to do this podcast or if you're like, I have to write the book, then write the book, do Mm -hmm. it, listen to your heart. Um, and then the other thing he said was you got to do the verb of what you're trying to be. So like, Mm -hmm. if you're trying to be a writer, Mm -hmm. you got to write. If you're trying to be a musician, you got to play music. Or if you're trying to be an excellent basketball player, well, you got to do, you got to play basketball. So Mm -hmm. anyway, so it was, uh, oh man, I was, it was a great experience. I rode the high from that for a while. It was incredible. And um, I did sign up to go in June, which is really awesome. Um, who's going to be there? Mark, um, I think Mason. Mark Man- Manson, the guy who wrote The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, is going to speak be a speaker there. And um, Cheryl Strade's going to be a speaker. So anyway, it's just like... I, before I had done this, I was just kind of closed off and thinking about like, wouldn't it be nice if I did this thing? But instead I did the thing mm-hmm. and it was awesome. It was fucking awesome. That's so good, girl. So let that Proud be an you. inspiration to you guys. Just do it. Yeah. And I think it's really cool on that note to talk about um, the podcast meet and greet in Seattle that we're planning on attending. So all of these things, it's like, one great idea feeds another. You know, there was one that happened on the 4th of December and Nicole and I are like committed to going to the podcast meet and greet in January, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. yeah. That'll be cool. And then you f- went and saw your favorite podcast group in Canada, yeah. didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I told them about the podcast. They were like, cool. That's awesome. We'll look for it. And I couldn't say anymore because I was like, uh, you guys are so cool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I, my heart was like, but <clears throat> they're such cool people. Um, so let's for my get back yeah. to, yeah, the books topic. You were mentioning great books and inspirational authors. I know you were talking about oh. um, Mark Manson. Oh, yeah. And I just finished a great book I would love to share about, too. So why don't you start? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just in the middle of this book by Mark Manson called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I just mentioned it. Um, it's great. Really awesome. Uh, if you're, it's just kind of about, um, not figuring out what's important to you and, and how to kind of make whatever happen in your life and when to care, when not to care. And, you know, are you, we trying to please people all the time? I mean, I'm sort of a people pleaser by nature, Mm -hmm. so it's sort of, it's inspirational to me to listen to him talk. Um, but like one thing that I was reading that really stuck with me was, or listened to that was certain what he said that was certainty is the enemy of growth. Nothing is for certain until it has already happened. Then it is debatable. So, and then being wrong opens up the possibility for change. So if we're like certain, like I can't go to that conference. Uh I can't be a travel writer. I can't be a podcast host. I can't do whatever. Like then we certainly can't do it and or I mean how do you know that how do you know that nothing is for certain until it's already happened so we can't say like we we really can't predict anything because we don't have any any idea so you know you gotta try and and essentially put that self-doubt out of your mind and just give it a fucking shot yeah and that great quote reminded me of another great quote that I had heard which was show me a satisfied man and I'll show, and I'll show you a failure or something like that. Oh, like if right. you ever give up trying new things and mm-hmm. learning and things like that, then, you know, you, you, you could equate yourself to 
you know, a failure or never trying anything new at all. But, you know, don't get too comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what we're trying to Yeah, say. and actually the growth really happens is when you're uncomfortable. Yeah. Like when I, <clears throat> you know, I was trying to... I don't know. I was I was struggling there for a little bit with doing the website and doing some stuff and like trying to figure out. I don't know. I was just kind of trying to find my way, and I was feeling like, Ugh. but I I knew that I was just stretching and growing from mm-hmm. my old life to my new life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since I've had a, a little bit of a job change, but yeah, it, that's that's where you want to be. Really, is a little bit in the uncomfortable zone. <laughs> Yeah. Nice job, Allie. And I was thinking, Nicole and I were talking last week about how I was like, you know, I don't really know if I'm following through on my end of the bargain in terms of like doing something different or changing my career or following through on any of the ideas I've talked about to the audience yet, you know, and and she was just kind of like, well, you know, we're right in the middle of this journey and you just got a new job and it's okay if you don't like follow through on... You know, I mean, it's just about trying stuff and cultivating your interests. So she reminded me of that. Thank you, Nicole, for just like keeping things in perspective and not letting me be like, even now I'm failing because (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing enough, you know, um, new things for the audience to identify with or whatever. But um, what I am doing is reading, well, I just finished a great book by Brené Brown called Dare to Lead, and I brought it up before. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just wanted to share my key takeaways because I feel like what I'm actually kind of enjoying the most right now is like leaning into my new leadership role. And um, so that feels really good. Um, So the takeaways from this book are, you know, being clear is kind. So work on communicating so that people are engaged and you're not talking business speak or jargony language regarding, you know, healthcare or whatever industry you're working in, um, because it helps to be on a relatable level with people so that your audience is able to connect with you and understand what you're saying and communicate for shared understanding and make people or hope that, or ask people before they walk out of the room, hey, are we all clear on these three things before everybody leaves? Or what does done look like? Or what does finished look like? Or mm-hmm. what are the details of that? So that's something that I'm going to work on. Um, and then this idea of embracing courage and avoiding comfort, ease, and speed. And just realizing that the conversations that matter are going to be challenging, emotional, and take practice Mm. Um, because she was talking at great length about how easy it is to just be like, Ooh, that was weird. And I wonder what'll happen next week with those two people. (laughs) You're like, I don't want to Instead of doing that, pause, you know, do Mm -hmm. what's appropriate. Call people into your office one by one or, you know, or take a moment and you can say, Hey, actually that felt kind of awkward. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Or can we pause here? I want to take a half an hour break and clear my head, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I've never even done that in my whole life in a meeting or, Mm -hmm. or in a one-on-one with somebody and how that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. And that felt really empowering. I was like, gosh, there's a lot of opportunity here that I didn't even realize was possible. Mm. Um, And the other thing that she talked about doing current research on is emotional literacy Mm. and I was like oh my god there's emotional intelligence out there there's but now there's like this whole notion of emotional literacy and she said that adults are supposed to be able to 
um, recognize 30 to 40 different emotions. And like they were creating this list of the 30 to 40 emotions. And I was thinking to myself, what on God's green earth are they? Um, And how you should be able to identify when you're having them and what they are. Mm. And I'm like, that would be really important. You know, so to, to be able to be like, I'm feeling angry right now. And that's, you know, making it difficult for me to problem solve with you. So it's important that we take a break, mm-hmm. come back to this in a few minutes when I figure out the reason for this anger mm-hmm. or something like that. But yeah. anger is one that we all talk about, but there's lots of different emotions out there. Yeah. So I'm so looking forward to our next book. And I just, thanks, Brené. Brené amazing. Yeah. So that was super cool. And um, I'm going to bring some of this back to my team in January and kick off 2019. Kick it off right. Yeah. So That's yeah. awesome. Those are my takeaways from that. Nice job. Thanks. I, I want to borrow that book. It's super good. Yeah. You'd like it. Okay. Oh, the real, the hot topic of the day. <laughs> the really good meaty stuff is our failed business ideas. So Nicole and I were talking about how we have never shared with this audience some of our ideas that we have thought of um, over oh the last couple God. of years. And I actually thought the funniest thing about my idea is that I thought it was so good that I couldn't tell others because they were going to steal it. <laughs> you know, so I was yeah. like, I'll, I will tell my nearest and dearest friends about this. But if you let this leak out to the media, you know, like, yeah, I will, I will find you. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I will hunt you down and kill you. I will. Oh, my God. Can we talk about can we talk about it? Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? I'll talk about mine first since I'm already yapping. I feel like yours was epic. Oh my God. So mine was called the bear diet. And the funniest part about the bear diet was that I was like, never has a diet been based on an animal and how an animal eats, you know, and wouldn't that be the the next greatest thing? You know, like, yeah. you know how like the Today Show, these people spin this shit like crazy. Like, right. Or, I mean, it's, it's already out there, like the caveman diet or. Oh, right. The paleo diet. The keto <laughs> yes. diet. The, yes. The, so I was like, ooh, the next iteration is going to be based on what an animal eats. And a, and a bear <laughs> happens to have an extremely healthy diet. And this is actually funny. The reason why I got this idea was because I was in a meeting one day with a couple of physicians and they were like, you know what? We'd all be so much better off if we just ate like bears. And you're like, yeah. And ate salmon, you know, berries and nuts, you know, like some of these super foods, you know, lean protein, all the best of the best. And I was like, I could really run with that. Yeah. And I've got a million dollar idea. I do. I thought that I did and it was so funny and I took it to the point where I had like hired somebody from Craigslist to build my website I I hired your sister to do some food photography and I got pretty and then I started telling people and yeah and one of our friends Courtney Irwin was like Allie bears are fat Why would you base a diet idea on an animal that's overweight? Like the people are not going to be like, I want to do this diet because I will have a bear like physique or something like that. I was like, Courtney, you're missing the point. 
You're missing the point, Courtney. <laughs> Just let me take it from here. Okay. Um, oh, my God. I remember when you were like, I'm working on this new thing. Oh, my God. And then I think it, when it came down to it, I was like, the idea, I just f- dropped it. Because I was like, I kind of hate food. <laughs> I don't really care about making recipes. And I was like, this is going to be a big endeavor if I'm really going to do this. And then I had this big thought about cheese. <laughs> It's like bears don't eat cheese, but more people would probably do the diet if they could eat cheese. Right. You know, and so I was like in this little mental conundrum about whether or not cheese would be included in the bear (laughs) diet. But I was like, this is just getting way too complicated. I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. Did you try the bear diet for a while? Did you like have like, did you try it for 30 days? Good question. It was, it was after my third kid was born too, that I was kind of like, I had all this baby weight and I was like, oh God, how can I, you know, lose some pounds? And so I was kind of doing it. Yeah, I was. I was kind of like, oh, if I just eat this way. And I was like, oh, it's working. And then I can do some of my own personal before and after. Yeah. You know. (laughs) Yep. Do it all up. Oh, that was so funny. I probably did that for like maybe five months or so. Yeah, you were really in the towel. Threw in the towel eventually, though. Five months. Yeah, I think so. That's a long time. Like three. It's a long time. Three. Oh my god, that. That business idea has created so much fodder and funny fun for all of our friends, be it for the last, I don't know, five years. It's I'm really, sure. Oh my God. Four years. Four years. The bear. So died. people have been talking about it. Do you? I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, with you, we've talked about the bear diet. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's mostly been behind Mind, my back, behind which is totally fine because I trust you guys. fun way. Yeah. Um, but like you, what was cool about that, I will say, was that you had energy and passion and momentum and like you were doing all this cool stuff. You're like, um, you got a website, you were building it, building it. Yeah. I think it probably could have, you know, like done a cookbook or mean, you know, yeah. if it was, if I just had like maybe scoped it a little bit differently, yeah. it could have worked. <laughs> Could have worked out. Yeah. Um, but then it was also realizing that there may, might need nutritionists or, you know, people to weigh in on the, you know, efficacy. Right. Like, <clears throat> could I be like sued for, right. you Someone know, was like, people I, that yeah. eat a certain way and then somebody died of anorexia or, you know, you yeah. never know. Right. I mean, like, think about what's that diet, the maple lemon, maple syrup, lemon and cayenne juice diet oh, really? that a bunch of people did yeah like Beyonce did that oh yeah but you know it's like do that just drink that for 12 yeah. days straight <clears throat> yeah you know, and you'll lose a ton of weight but you <laughs> uh, it was intended to be uh, it was intended to be like the next fad diet that I could make a quick million or two on and then cash in, just cash in I loved it <laughs> I love it I loved it so much and I still love it me too. I me think too. you showed me web pictures of your website, and I remember mm-hmm. there were like bear and salmon <laughs> and milk. It was pretty. I it mean, was Amy pretty. did great photos. Yeah, and yeah. some of them were just stock photos that were lame. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it was fun. I mean, it's fun to have passion like that for something. Yeah. All right, we're tur- we're turning it. the mirror right over to you, oh. Nicole Johnson. Uh oh. <laughs> I had a similar <laughs> moment 
where I was like, I got it. I got a great idea. I could barely sleep. (gasps) That totally happened. I was like, "Um, I got the next idea for like the the most life changing business. Mm -hmm. And enter the box box. <laughs> the box box is a female subscription service for all of you to get your products for your box in a box. I love it. Right? It's very then, catchy. But I'm like, how can I? So this is just like a feminine product subscription service. Uh, yeah. And I was like, you know, I couldn't figure out how the fuck to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, do I create my own tampons? Like, do I... How do, how do I make them? Do I use other service, like other products that exist? Like, what are my standards? Like, yeah. do I want to use organic products? Do I want all products? Like, I had, I got really stuck there. Uh-huh. I was like, I got the name. The yeah. name's good. Yes. And I was like, you But know. do you like go to Safeway and buy them all and then somebody's right. like, it's time? Or do you just deliver them there every month? Yeah, or? like the idea was that you have a bunch of stuff you basically have a catalog, a person, a woman would like say what they want every month mm-hmm. and it'll automatically come. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of things do now, right? Yeah. A lot of subscription services do. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, we can, I can totally do that. But then I was like, but I, I don't know how, you know, mm-hmm. like I was just, this was probably maybe nine months ago or a year ago or something. No, it was probably a year ago, mm-hmm. but, um, like I talked to a friend of mine who worked at Amazon and he was like, had been there for a really long time. So he, I don't know. He, he, I was thinking like, he's an entrepreneur. He'll know like what I, what I can do. And, and, you know, but that kind of didn't really go anywhere and that was fine. But, um, I just, I was just stuck. I was like, how do I make this? And I, how did this make this come true? And I just didn't have any idea. No fucking idea. Like, and then I was amazed because there are women that have figured it out. They're like, sure, I'll just make some organic tampons and pads. Great. And they're great and people like it. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm just like, how do I compete with these like big label products? Like people aren't just going to put something in their body that they don't know what the hell. Sort of like the food diet, you know, it's like, how do you, how do you do something that you that you trust how do you use something that you trust so um i just wasn't there like a dovetail idea too where it was almost like like at the workplace there would be a complimentary box oh yeah available which i like that idea too yeah well that was just an idea for work was like Mm -hmm. i want to i feel like we should lobby all of the like big businesses hospitals or whatever to have um free supplies for women Mm -hmm. you know since it's just, I mean, sorry guys, but if you think about it, I don't know what, like half of women are bleeding at any time, any given time, maybe a qu- quarter. I don't yeah. know. But like, and I shouldn't apologize for the men actually, um, because it's a normal, natural thing. But right. anyway, if you think about it, like it's happening all the time. Yeah. And, uh, it would be nice if people actually acknowledged it and then we could just get our stuff and be like cool and normal about it. Yeah. So, um, maybe the box box will still live on. Maybe it will. I don't know. I think there's um, a lot of potential there. 
I mean, there are there are those companies now that do it. Yeah. yeah. I have heard of some new feminine products. Yeah. They've got these what crazy underwear called Thinks. Or, and it's like underwear that are like have some kind of like liner in it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's like diva cups and all kinds of stuff out there. Very we're, I feel like we're we're entering the next phase, say century. Yeah. Here, uh, for women. It's about time. Yeah. Um, good, did you for, have other- good for you. I'm glad you had a feminist idea and oh, well, it's super important. Yeah. It's- I've always been pissed off that our haircuts cost so much more Yeah, than men. That's such bullshit. Yeah. I could have fixed that. Yeah. Well, ev- most things are more for, cost more for women. Mm-hmm. Like jeans, jeans are always more expensive than men's for women versus men's, even yeah. though they're only slightly different. <clears throat> Yeah. Like, you know, they're making a pattern for men's jeans. They're making patterns for women's jeans. They're the same fucking thing. There's a pattern over here. There's a pattern over there. But they just can mark it up for women because women will pay more and men will pay less. Because mm-hmm. men, stereotypically, are cheapskates. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to touch that. Sorry. Okay. That wasn't very kind of me. <clears throat> but I'm just saying that things are always marked up for women. Oh, Yeah. Always. It's because we're, we're, um, we, yeah, we would be willing to buy it because, you know, we're kind of taught to yeah be, you know, fashionably competitive and get the thing that makes us look more attractive. Yeah. You yeah. Know. I don't want to talk about, I will All that talk BS. for a long time about that yeah. stuff. We could, we should have an episode about it. Yeah. Think about all, I, sometimes I just think about how, think about all the time men are not styling their hair. Putting on makeup, making themselves look fa- look fancy. Yeah, that kind of time. Like if, so if, I mean, I probably do like fifteen minutes of that, fifteen mm-hmm. to thirty minutes, maybe f- on average, probably fifteen minutes of that mm-hmm. every day, times three hundred sixty-five days a year. It's mm-hmm. hours of time, hours of time that I can be more productive. If you think about it, and mm-hmm. what is the cost? Yeah, to us as mm-hmm. women, not. But oh I'm not gosh. willing to throw it out the window mm-hmm. either. Like that's my, that's my. I have a hard time justifying. Like, I'm not ready to Changing say I don't. Right. Of behavior, right. right. I'm not ready to th- say I don't want to wear makeup or want to have my hair look nice. But I'm just saying it's a difference. Yeah. And what's the cost? And you know what's interesting? I watched a hilarious um, stand up by Amy Schumer called like the leather episode or something like that. And she was talking about how women will like when women like take off their clothes in front of men, they're like so insecure and like, I'm sorry I look like this. Oh my God. I'm like, sorry, my butt's bigger. Sorry, I have a piece of fat. Sorry, my boob is bigger than mother. You know, like yeah. all of these insecurities yeah. and, and how have you ever seen a man ever like take his clothes off and like not just be completely like, look at this brilliance. <laughs> You're so lucky to be in the presence of me, you know, like, and how yeah. backwards that is and how right. we should at least be, have that level of confidence. And yeah. Men actually really don't care about what a woman looks like naked. They're so happy to be and excited to be in, in the, the presence, presence of, of a one. naked woman. Yeah. They are not going to like cut you down or make you feel bad. No, you know? they want to touch or and good feel men, that woman. Good men anyway. Yeah. So anyway, it was just very interesting to hear how, because I I do that to myself all the time, you know, like that negative self-talk. Yeah. 
gotta let it go yeah Be but damn. i'm yeah, i'm becoming more of a feminist as i age i can tell you that much mm. and I'm, i almost bought gloria steinem's book at powell's when we were in oregon a couple weeks ago mm. <clears throat> and i'm gonna buy michelle obama's becoming oh yeah it's gonna be mm-hmm. really good yeah but anyway, before we go off topic, you have one more to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I had decided not this past summer, but the summer before I was starting a dog hiking business. <laughs> dog hiking? Dog hiking. And it was called. <laughs> like, we're going to train your dogs how to hike. Like, I'm going to take your dogs. I'm going to hike them in the woods. That's my nice. perfect job. I'm going to. I'm going to do that. That was that, like, people would seriously go for that though. Oh my God. Seattle's I know, I, a da- dog loving. It is. Seattle has culture. more dogs per capita than, mm-hmm. than children. Really? Yeah. Not shocked by that. Yeah. There are tons of dogs here. So I'm like, I, my target audience or client is like the person who loves their dog so much, but needs to have an active dog, mm-hmm. but they work now an eight to five kind of mm-hmm. job and they can't take their dog out in the woods and they need them like really run and and like ran mm-hmm. hard during the day or something yeah i was like i will be that person and i will take your dog mm-hmm. and it's gonna be called wilder dog <laughs> <laughs> but then i was like not not wilder no not wilder dog because like wilderness oh got it yeah but yeah, then yeah that was also the conundrum of the name uh-huh because i wanted it to be wilder dog uh-huh but then if then like does it make sense to be wilder dog then people are like what are you gonna make my dog more wild like i don't know thank you (laughs) i don't want that and then i was like well how many really if you really think about like money like how much money would somebody pay Mm -hmm. for me to take their dog drive their dog out in the woods and and run them and hike them versus like dog walking like the most i can make a day would be like a hundred bucks Depending on how many dogs you got with you. I know, but then if I had a million dogs on the trail, then I'd right, trip and I'd be fall. very, very dangerous. And then I was like, what if someone's dog got loose? What if they, like, bit somebody else? All of this oh, stuff. Or, like, liability. All of this stuff. Yeah. I was like... And then Rob, he was he was talking to me. He was like, do you... So do you... He was kind of like, do you, are you... Could you make any money do you want to have a do you want to be a business owner or do you want to be the dog walker right because if you wanted to walk dogs you can just do that right now yeah <laughs> yeah so anyway i i you were interested in doing a new service though yeah which and i think I, is really interesting and cool i mean i do think it's very unique for seattle because we have so many dogs and the mountains are right here and uh-huh. the like you for, for the right person uh, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people around here would do uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Um, I just got logistically challenged, and there went the idea. Uh-huh. Wilderness dog isn't even a bad one, though. Yeah. If you would have just kept wilderness dog. Wilderness dog. Yeah. 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 Um, and then I have a funny little tiny spin off this. Uh-huh. I was like, <laughs> I need to make... T- <laughs> tiny poop dogs tiny poop bags because they're big poop bags and i have a small dog so i should make tiny poop dogs poop bags and call them like tiny poop bags yeah yeah because you know the big poop bags are for dogs that have big poops and then we could have a little poop and you're wasting all that that bag all that bag for just a tiny poop exactly it would be tiny poop bags 
you know, I think that's I also, should make that happen. it could happen because small, medium, large diapers. Yeah, I know, right? There you go. <clears throat> Teeny dog. People buy it. Yeah. Anyway, it's just funny. It's fun. It's fun to yeah. talk about, you know, all these ideas where you're like, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally the paradise was so amazing oh my god yeah i mean and you're right about like the sleepless nights and when you really get a zinger <laughs> you're like oh man can't wait to get started on this it's gonna happen right now and i'm not gonna close my eyes <laughs> until i've got everything planned out in my head i know like i i think i literally told <laughs> melanie like um I can't. I'm too much for my own self. I'm so sorry. I told Melanie, I was like, oh, I got a really big idea. <laughs> and I got to act fast. Otherwise, the opportunity's going to, someone else is going to swoop it up. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. So I love serious. it. Oh, God. And Melanie has such a deadpan sense of humor. She'd be like, I'm sure you do. I know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the thing that I've learned though recently about business and stuff <clears throat> oh I have a weird cramp from laughing <laughs> that's never happened before um, is that competition is good and people doing the same thing as you but doing it differently is just fine oh yeah and, and I, I think Barry fought idea. had that great lesson to us like I wouldn't be able to do this unless other people were you know doing coffee in, in yeah. Seattle that was it cool key learning from him that's true that's so true awesome that was a fun episode that was super fun oh my god thank you guys for tuning in hey we have one announcement so now we have a facebook page so it's the meltdown city podcast facebook page um remember to email us um with your hashtag meltdown moments at meltdowncitypodcast at gmail.com yep yeah, and on Instagram, we're at Meltdown City Podcast. Yeah, and then um, this will air, I think, on the, this is like Christmas Eve, I think, for you when you're listening to it, so. Yeah, and if you, you know, Shane Jones was our first, but he was like our fan turned. Um, turned interviewee. Yeah, so we will have you on the episode if you have something important to share. We would love to meet you, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up in 2019, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're really looking forward to it. Yeah. We're having so much fun. We are so excited just to have yeah. you guys listening and just to even be here. And um, it's just been so fun. We're so grateful to everybody. Yeah. Oh, and I feel like we need to say thank you, Louis, Maya, for being our engineer. Yeah, our audio engineer. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and that's right. So Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Boxing Day. And and we'll see. Are we get what? We'll see and peace. <laughs> and peace. Peace, peace, peace out. Peace out. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today. Please follow us on Instagram at Meltdown City Podcast. Or you can email us at MeltdownCityPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on our website at MeltdownCityPodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.